Welcome back, everyone, to the Thrill Me podcast. I'm your host, Adam. I've actually done it. I've talked about it for a couple of weeks that we'd uh, get somebody in as a guest and who would do a sort of a lucky dip sort of movie, and I've done that. Um, my guest sitting beside me is a good mate of mine. We've seen a lot of movies together, a lot of shit <laughs> in that list, but I'd like to welcome Darren to the podcast. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good, good. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. It's good to have you on. <laughs> Unfortunately, due to the fact that uh, he's away and he's also got a lot of uni work on, our, my co-host, Jared, is uh, is absent today. So it'll be just a pair of us talking it through. Big boots to fill, but I'll do my best. I think you'll be fine, mate. <laughs> Pretty shitty boots to fill. <laughs> Rather than talk about our the, 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 the movies that we've recently seen, I thought I'd throw Darren a few questions just so we can get a feel for the sort of movies he's interested in and the type of um the type of uh, genres he, he watches regularly so i'll just chuck a couple of questions your way darren sounds lovely name a movie you watched as a child that shaped your movie viewing tastes as you grew up uh, i couldn't name just one particular movie i'll give you give you a couple examples that have sort of shaped my my viewing experiences over the years but it's uh, more of the typical i guess late early 90s type stuff yeah the indiana joneses uh, star wars classics jaws personal favorite of mine from way back, definitely a big That's influence. high on my list, mate. That was right uh, on my list. <laughs> and uh, one that would have to come a little bit out of left field, I'd have to say, would probably be the Police Academy series of movies. <laughs> the Police Academy movies. <laughs> well, you, you can carve it to pieces, but <laughs> Police Academy, yeah, in the 80s, had its influence on every one of our generation. I think, if if you're honest, everyone's seen this. <laughs> really. Like, I even got up, to, I got up to Mission to Moscow. I think that was the last one, wasn't it? Mission to Moscow? The last one that I'm aware of. Yeah. That was talk, there was talk about remakes and the like. But you're right. I think through the 80s, for sure. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. one a year for a couple of years there. Oh, and everybody was lining up. That, yeah. uh, what was that dude that could do all the... Michael Winslow. The Michael Winslow. <laughs> uh, for a time there. He had a cold following. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have it anymore. And don't forget Bobcat Goldthwait, you know. Ah, <laughs> yes. He's become a director, I believe. Yeah, still, he's actually doing some decent things these yes. days, surprisingly. I believe he did a movie about Bigfoot. Yes. And I hear it was all right. It's yeah, a found footage type. Yeah, I think I might have caught a little bit of, bit of that at some stage. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but rumour has it it's not too bad. Yeah. Have you ever wa- walked out of a, a movie at the cinema? Yeah, I have. I'm a pretty avid moviegoer, though. I'll put up with a, a fair bit of shtick before I'll, <laughs> I'll uh, throw my $20 out <laughs> the window. Um, and admittedly, the only movie I've ever walked out of is actually Armistad. 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 Um, never gone back since and actually seen the movie. The reason I walked out on it um, was because I was hungover. Ah. Yeah, we made a little bit of a bad call there. I believe <laughs> you might have been involved yourself. I was involved. <laughs> I believe it was like six of us. Yeah. And there was just this procession of people who just gets, all of us just get up one by one and left. <laughs> I believe there was about six of us there about ten minutes in looking at each other going, oh, what the hell have we got ourselves into watching? I it? remember thinking, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I don't think we'd actually done any research. We didn't really know what sort of movie it was. No. All I knew that it was a it was a Spielberg film. All I went on personally was I was told Samuel L. Jackson was in it, and that was enough for me, being a massive Samuel fan. And um, I have a chance he's not even in the bloody movie. So Maybe he's in the second two hours that we missed. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Yeah. Haven't gone back to confirm. Yeah, so. haven't confirmed or denied that one. No. 
So you have walked out of one. You've never walked out of any other. No, that's the only. Surely you've come close on a couple. I've come close on many, many occasions. Uh, Sequels to Scream. Oh uh, yes. (laughs) Sequels to Urban Legend. Uh, A lot of horror movie sequels. Funnily enough. (laughs) Strange that. What's your least favourite superhero movie? Uh, least favourite superhero movie. I had a little bit of a think about this, and I came up with two. One that's just you know standard, pretty much should be. Worst movie of all time lists of a lot of people would be Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ah! <laughs> Personal, uh, terrible superhero movie and terrible movie full stop. Yes. Killed Sean Connery's career. <laughs> that was the end of him. God, is he still alive? Yeah, he's I don't still know. alive. <laughs> still thinking about that. <laughs> I was going to say, God rest his soul. <laughs> he may as well be dead. <laughs> he's, he's still spinning in his grave currently. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. <laughs> uh, yeah, apologies, mate. Yeah, I remember that. That was not a good movie. Um, and another one that I'll uh, have to just chuck in there that... Uh, an old friend of mine used to love for some silly reason was Blank Man. Blank Man? Blank Man. <laughs> Damon Wayans, I believe, uh, leading the cast in that one. Oh. I'm not quite sure what was going on there. <laughs> I'm assuming it was a comedy. I have yeah, not seen a... this, Stevie Kyle. <laughs> one for you to look at. Ah. Possibly another subject for a podcast. Better check that time. on iTunes. See if it's out. Pick it up immediately. Okay. Favourite horror franchise? Uh, again, I had a bit of a think about this one, and whilst I was, you know, leaning towards the the good old uh, Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween's and the first ones that come to mind, I have to go a little bit more current and say the Final Destination series. It's mm. uh, an enjoyable franchise for me. It's certainly not. Uh, well, it's like any horror movie franchise, I guess, isn't it? It's not like it's uh, it's making the huge box office rewards or anything like that, but yeah. they keep churning out entertaining movies. Yes. I would, t- I would totally agree with that. I mean, I don't think anyone goes to those movies for plot. No. I think you go to see what the kill sequence is going to be like and what they're going to actually do. That's and it. I think they make a pretty good fist of it most of the time. So they probably try to, at times, get a little bit too extravagant as the series went on, but... I think that's half the charm of it is that it's all about just uh, one-upping the, the movie before it in terms yeah. of the death scenes and all that sort of stuff. I didn't see the last one. I believe it was called The Final Destination. The Final Destination. The t- I'd be entirely honest with you, I reckon there is that many of them I couldn't tell you which ones. I'm pretty sure I've seen the whole series from one end to the other, but I couldn't. They're kind of blending in. Yeah, <laughs> you hear where I'm going. I'm it's exactly with right. You, on that. you know, it could be one to six. There's actually one eight-hour movie. movie. <laughs> All right, the last one: Schwarzenegger, Stallone, or Willis. Uh, Who's your action hero of choice? Not a lot of thought had to go into this one actually. When I when I actually looked at it, Willis, without yeah? a doubt, every man quality. Mm. He's got it. Uh, yeah. You can relate to the characters that he plays. Uh, <laughs> Then I go, uh, I can't go past Arnie without giving him a little bit of acknowledgement and nod. No, he's, he's the king of action. He was. He was, was the, the king. king of action. Was the he king should action. stop making action films now that he's 70. Yes. But mind you, I think he's starting to get the writing on the wall. A few of the movies he's starting to come out with now and, uh, and some that I'm seeing coming on the horizon have got some uh, potential for him as a more older or elderly character. Well, there's a zombie one that's coming out yes. that I saw the trailer for. Maggie, I believe. Yeah, it's and it looks kind of independent type of drama. It's not yeah. really a horror film. It's not an action film. It sort of appears as more of it's um, it's focused on just 
the effects of a zombie outbreak, but on just his family yeah, yeah, yeah. and their, how it affects their family structure. And that's, like you say, a horror, drama, thriller. It's but, tagged as a horror, but... But, I, you know, I, I think that's that's better for Arnie to go down that route. Yeah, than, loving it. I don't know if you saw The Last Stand. Yes. Or Sabotage. Uh, sabot- See, Sabotage, I thought, had great potential. I think yeah, that's the sort of... More the sort of role he needs to be getting into is that old, you know, I've been there for 30 years and need to yeah. sort of retire. I like the idea of Sabotage. My problem with Sabotage is that character was a conflicted character. Like, you weren't sure whether he was on the level or not, yeah. whether he'd taken the money. Yeah. Schwarzenegger can't give you that. Yeah. He hasn't got the chops for that kind of thing. <laughs> and you'd have to comment on the, was it the last 10, 5 to 10 minute scene of that with Arnie? Oh, in, in Mexico? It turns into <laughs> some up-to-date bloody, like, superhero slow-mo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. His take oh, <laughs> in a bar. And right. like, Where did this come from? This was supposed to be a serious movie. Schwarzenegger can't do that. That's the kind of role that you give to Willis or you give to a Kurt Russell or someone yeah. like that. Yeah. Where you're just not sure if they're on the level yeah. and that builds a bit of mystery because that's what it was supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken. It was a mystery who yeah. took the cash. Yeah, that's exactly right. Arnie's lumbering yeah. around. She's <laughs> like a fucking bullet inside a shop, mate. He's wrecking the whole thing. <laughs> Oh, dear. And, uh, look, Stallone, not a big fan. Not a, not a Stallone fan? Italian Stallion, no thanks. Look, I, I like Stallone. Just because I think he's a very savvy operator. He's made some shit. We did a we did a, a little bit of a podcast uh, a few, I don't know, probably a month ago. Yeah. We did what's commonly known as the Stolympics. The <laughs> Sylvester Stallone Olympics, <laughs> where we graded his movies, gold, silver, bronze. Didn't uh, come, didn't not get not finishing in the top three. I believe he had a drugs bed. <laughs> he had a drugs bed at one stage. <laughs> but um, looking at his resume, yeah. he's probably got the worst resume. I, I've got to give him some credit for what he's done yeah. in Hollywood or what he's achieved. And, you know, he's done a lot of writing in that himself as you know, yes, scripts yes. and that and he, sort of stuff. So, But he's got a lot of shit in the canon. Oh, well, yeah. if you look at that cannon, it's pretty shit how some of it. Yeah. It's poor. Yeah. All right. We're about to take a break. When we come back, we're going to ask Darren what his movie of this week is, and we're going to run through the rest of it. Oh, I'm so, excited. It seems we also found a headless body out in front of the Kappa Delta house last night. A body that came from a lab in the basement of the very medical center that Mr. Miner saw you running out of at 40 miles an hour. Don't forget screaming like banshees. Sounds like a pledge prank to me. A sick, twisted, psychotic, demented, deranged pledge prank, but still possibly, just possibly, in the ballpark of what you might call your collegiate tomfoolery. You guys care to comment? This episode's movie's been a a closely guarded secret. (laughs) Nobody knows about it except my guest here. Darren, what's the movie for... Today's episode. Uh, we're going to a great movie from back in 1986 by the name of Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. Genius. <laughs> Quick synopsis on Night of the Creeps. Basically, an alien falls to earth, an alien canister falls to earth in the 50s. It, infe- it infects some, I don't know, some guy and his girlfriend out some on Some random dude. Random dude. <laughs> it's, they're, they're slug-like, goes into his mouth. He is then cryogenically frozen. 30 years later, a couple of guys pledging a fraternity accidentally release the body, sends the slugs out into the 
into the world. Yeah. And basically, it's a race be- race against time between those two kids and a grizzled cop. Yeah. To stop this from from going all over the place. So that's the basic synopsis. Darren, can you fill us in on some uh, some cast and crew and information? Oh yeah, I got some uh, exciting and interesting background information here. So you know, for the formal side of things, you know, we're directed by um, the great Fred Decker that has disappeared off the face of the planet for uh, what? Nearly 20 years? years? Yeah, yeah. But also well-known for his work on uh, Monster Squad, a bit of a cult classic there. Um, and, of course, the movie that pretty much terminated his career up to here, Robocop 3. Ooh. Mm. I haven't seen that in a while, and I just don't think I will be. No. Mm. Unless you're looking at doing a Robocop comparison, mate, I don't think I'd even bother. Yes. Uh, produced by Charles Gordon, who's uh, known for the likes of a Die Hard, Lock Up, and Waterworld. Ooh. Yeah. I don't think... Don't know whether that was the end of his career as well, <laughs> but the potential's there. A bit of further digging, we might find out he hasn't produced anything in 25 years. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, also uh, written by Fred Decker. Fred Decker's all over this yes, movie. Yes, he is. But mind you, it tends to be like that for old Fred. When he gets involved in movies, he gets really involved. Because I think he ro- he's right director of both the other two. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, that are on we just spoke of. I'm pretty sure he's, he he was in both capacities. Yeah, and he's had a, a, a bit of a love affair with um, Mr. Shane Black. Apparently, ah. you know they like. To... Unfortunately, they ha- haven't had. They've had differing careers. Oh yes, <laughs> they're Shane on the Black same tree. Else. You know, at one stage, and they got to a branch, and you know, one went off on one branch, and the other went off on another yes, branch. And, yes. Yeah. So unfortunately, Fred's might have snapped. Uh, well, yeah, it's snapped is probably one way of putting it. Um, okay, so anyway, back to Night of the Creeps. Sure. Starring uh, Tom Atkins, uh, also known for his work in Lethal Weapon, Hol- Halloween 3, uh, and the My Bloody Valentine remake. Bit he's continually a... worked by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, he's got, he's got a fair back catalogue if you have, have a bit of a look at old uh, Tom. He likes to crop up in the old uh, horror movies. Oh, well. Bit of a horror movie meister, really. Good. Um, had a bit of a love affair at here with um, Mr Carpenter. At one stage. John Carpenter? John Carpenter, Are we yeah, talking yeah. about, uh, the, wasn't he also in The Fog? Yep. Hey, that's exactly right. He was in The Fog. Um, I believe he was in one of the Escape from uh, New York was the first one, was it? Yeah. yeah. I think he might have cropped up in that one as well. Shit. Um, yeah, so there's a bit of background there. Of I didn't realise he, he played in so many of those. Yeah. yeah so. Also, another three big names. Uh, Jason Lively, known for his work in National Lampoon's European Vacation. Rusty. And Ghost Chase. Ghost Chase saw that. I can't remember. I'll have to do the research again, but I swear that was directed by somebody who's become quite a... Oh, have to do a bit of research yeah, there, Yeah, because right? be um, for some reason I keep thinking Roland Emmerich or, Roland. or Wolfgang Peterson. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're guys throwing out some made, big names you know, Guys who have made big movies in recent <laughs> times. Uh, we got Steve Marshall, uh, Justice Denied. Never heard of it. Sleeping in a Dream. Never heard of it. Big name. He obviously went on to big things. Steve might have stopped acting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Cameos he, in the other two that were... <laughs> he's a carpenter. <laughs> he's, he's moved on. Steve. Gone. Gone. <laughs> and uh, Jill Whitlow <laughs> also moved on to big things as uh, huge roles in Porky's, Weird Science and Ghost Chase. Again. For a while there in the 80s, you know, Porky's, Weird Science, Night of the Creeps, it's a bit of a cult, yeah. Resume there, Ghost Chase, 
<laughs> All I can say is there's a potential there for her to be cropping up a lot of uh, little movie conventions here, there, yes, uh, everywhere. You absolutely. know, the cult movie conventions. She'd be one of those little pictures where you see the magazines advertising who's going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know who they are, but there's a little picture yeah, down the bottom. bottom. Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, she's had, she has got one of those resumes that you're absolutely right, where she'd probably end up at conventions and, and the like. Certainly, yeah. yeah. Leans that way. So they had a budget of five mil. <laughs> Uh, uh, excuse me. Fairly decent budget for back in that day. It's not huge by any any stretch, but it had a, a decent budget. Box office, five hundred ninety one thousand. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe that they, that's a mistake and <laughs> the wrong way round. Oopsie, yeah. <laughs> budget it's, of five hundred thousand. Based on that, though, you know, when you look back and we said that, you know, Fred's career was terminated by RoboCop 3, you know, on those numbers you would think the writing might have been on the wall a bit earlier. Uh, I think uh, Fred, if I if my research was correct um, a couple of days ago, he did a bit of writing, like he had a few written uh, things written that he didn't direct yeah. like House Yep. and uh, I believe there was another one that had Richard Grieco in it. Ah, uh, if looks could kill That's the one. Uh, if looks could kill I think he might have been doing those projects on the side Yeah. You're right though. I mean look 5 million back then wasn't nothing No. But it certainly wasn't 20 mil or whatever that they were, you know, the, the bigger action films and the like were making, being made for. So well, let's go, it would be safe to say that they were going to be expecting a bigger return on their dollar than... You would think <laughs> one in ten. You would think. <laughs> you think they might have been slightly higher than that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was all a tax write-off. I it don't know. might have been. <laughs> Other big releases around that day. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. See, I would take ten Night of the Creeps than Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Any day. Of Any the week. day of the week. Any day of the week. Fine uh, sell. Uh, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, cult, another cult classic, I guess you would call it. Absolute terps in my mind. Don't like either of them. The first no. one doesn't do it for me either. No, no. Never been a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, no. man. In fact, the best one of the entire lot is the remake. Yeah. I actually thought the remake wasn't bad. Yeah. And, and The Fly, released the week before. Now, that's a bit different. That's a, that's a very good movie. Yeah. yeah no. Take The Fly. I'll be there any day for the fly. Yeah. I've watched the fly many times, actually, and it's so. very good. And so you can kind of see. What, and again, we're talking apples and apples. We're talking horror films. Yeah, they're they're exactly all released right. around the same time. And you're talking movies that. Uh, whilst I don't know the, what the return was for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and being that they were made on a shoestring budget, it's a good chance they probably made Would money profit, on it anyway. Reckon. And the fly was reckoning money like uh, thirty-seven and a half million after yeah. over its release. So, comparatively speaking, poor old Night of the Creeps. Not doing well at the box office. No, no. They couldn't didn't. couldn't even increase the uh, bums on seats. I believe like, the first showing they handed out uh, face masks to the people at the first showing to ensure that the uh, slithering grubs couldn't get into their mouth during the showing of the movie. Right, so a little bit of that, <laughs> that kind of... I love that stuff, though, I must admit. I do love that kind of promotional shit that yeah. they were doing back then because, I don't know, it was kind of like kitschy and, yeah. and, and corny. Yeah. The, the other thing I did notice when I did look at the um, the opening weekend was it was only on, in 70 theatres. Yeah, true. So really, your chances of making big money on 70 oh, theatres... What what would have been a big release? How many theatres you're I looking at a thousand. release back well, in the Friday the 13th, the Friday yeah. the 13th movies were being put out on... Even back 1, in those days. Yeah. Well, there you go. Because that, that was big ticket. Yeah. They, were, they were putting them out because they had following. Yeah. This would not have had a following because it didn't have any stars in it. It didn't have anything no. going for it. That and, it and acknowledging all that, you know, is you know, basically is Night of the Creeps uh, didn't become a, a, a known or, or recognised movie until further down the track yeah, anyway, yeah. did it? DVD and video and yeah. that kind of like stuff. Like I say, cult classic type stuff. Right. 
My general thoughts on this movie. Mm. I kind of love it. <laughs> it's, Love's it, a strong word. I do. I think it's just because it's got that really interesting B-movie aesthetic. And it's obvious to me that it's done deliberately throughout. It's, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a deliberate homage. There's no doubt that uh, tongue is firmly in cheek throughout. Exactly. And to me, it's one of those movies, yes, it's got problems, and I think watching it now, like we did the other day, you can see some of the bigger problems. But I think there's a goofiness and a charm to it. And yeah. Tom Atkins, quite uh, frankly, one of the best characters I reckon I've seen in a horror movie ever, yeah. makes the movie and makes it work. And so for me, and I'm probably going to cop some stick here, but I'm giving it three and a half Ooh, out of five. Three and a half out of five? That's yeah. a massive call. That's a big call, but it's, it's, well, I've got to love You know, that. it's cult classic <laughs> stuff. And, you know, it's the thing about cult movies is they don't appeal to everyone and some that's people correct. they really do appeal to. So, you know, there's nothing What about your general thoughts, mate? My general thoughts, look, I'm not going to majorly disagree with anything you say. I, I, I find it uh, a very entertaining movie. The lead character, um, played by Tom Atkins, is... is very quotable. Yes. Very quotable. Yes. Like you say, the thrill me, thrill me. Thrill me. Uh, I'm very tempted Obviously to start answering podcast. my phone. Yeah. Yeah, just with thrill me from here on in. And talking about how, no, it's bullwinkle moose or whatever. Yeah, that's um, it. I mean, this is why part of the, yeah, we, we call the podcast thrill me because we, we love this film. And, and, and look, I think you're right about being quotable. There's all the best lines here for him. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, uh, we remove him from the movie for me and, it, and, and it, the, the movie drops a lot of its appeal to me entirely. And I sort of find it. It's like, uh, I'd relate to like, uh, it's like an Evil Dead movie without Ash. Yeah. You know? If, if, they, if they didn't have that Ash character in, you know, some of the Evil Dead movies, the Evil Dead movies would just be terps, really. They would They're, be poor. It's just the Ash character that makes it cute. And, you know, why not the same sort of movie? I'd sort of compare it to that. So I give it, you know, like I'm, I'm not quite wetting my shorts to the extent that you are over it. So, you know. I'd, I'd go a, a, a solid two in being entertaining, uh, but not what I would call great filmmaking. Okay, okay. So you're a bit down on, a bit, bit further down on it than I. Yeah, a little bit further down on it. In, I guess in terms of look. I gotta be a little bit critical of whilst I love that character and we could sit here and rabbit on about him and have a good laugh for the next hour. Mm. Some of the rest of the characters in the movie and the quality of the acting were questionable. Yes. Is probably the best way to put it. Well let's start with the likes first. Let's cool. get to the likes first so we can we can sort of get a buzz and we can get excited. <laughs> and then let's bring it down. <laughs> and then let's let's just bring it down. Right? <laughs> Okay, the first thing, and I think you touched on it, was it's, it's pure entertainment. Yep. Okay? The homage to the B-movie, the a lot of that's tongue-in-cheek, a lot of it's deliberately done. Yep. I think some of it maybe not, but I don't yep. think the movie's ever really meant to be taken seriously. No, no as I said, I think, I think firm, tongue is firmly in-cheek, but... Just because the tongue's firmly in cheek doesn't mean the quality of, of a movie has to suffer, in my opinion. Correct. That's fine. I think if you suspend disbelief with this movie, you can have a lot of fun yeah, with it. definitely, and that's the key to it. And there's a few it's things. In, switching the brain off and going, you know, what, what's here for me to have a bit of a laugh with? And let's face it, there's some suspension to be had because <laughs> there's some pretty silly things in there. For instance, the body, the corpse, the, the corpse that's on ice mm. for 30 years mm. seems to be not in a hospital or in a government facility mm. or a army mm. place. It's in the university medical lab. 
Yeah, well, you talk about the suspension of disbelief, mate. Basically, at the start, the movie jumps from the bloke in the 50s seeing that canister and something jumps into his mouth to next time you see him is he's in the fridge. (laughs) There's nothing about how he got there or was there an outbreak back in the 50s. Even just a two-minute scene. Just another. Just showing that his corpse was taken by somebody, a scientist somewhere. Something. Anything. The other problem is there's no security there. I mean, you see them opening the doors to get in when they're, when they're, when they're forced by the, you know, the, the frat boy uh, fluggies to go and nick a corpse. He just pulls open a glass door, walks down the stairs. Keypad, press keypad, zero. Press, some dickhead's piped in three numbers and they can't remember the last one. Walks. You've got to cop all that. And then they get inside... And there's a there's a button, a red button, saying disengage. Yeah, and you know you're pressing that one. And he's he's flicking <laughs> switches and shit on the dot for no for no discernible reason. reason. But but they do need a corpse. You have to keep that yeah. in the back of your mind. And I get, and I, and again, again, Darren, I'm I'm still trying to work out is this is that all part of the B movie? And, and, and I think side it of it is that is that again just another sort of gag. Yeah, I, I, look, I think it is, I, and with watching any movie, I think it's it's hard to really know how seriously to not take it. Yes, um, it's it's easier to discern a movie about how seriously to take it by yeah. the tone of it. But sometimes with the tone of it, you're not sure whether they're actually really, really got the tongue in cheek and just you know having a poke at every other movie that's ever done this sort of scene, yeah. or whether they're just making a crap movie themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, yeah, and I guess you've got to weigh it up. And in this yeah. case, I'm I'm leaning towards the B movie. I, f- I feel that that's that was the because yeah. from the moment the movie comes on screen and you see the title, yeah. it looks like those old sort of fifties yeah. the thing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. The way the title's card is. So my feeling is yes, it's meant to be like that. And yeah. It's all part of it. Yeah, I get that impression. But spending disbelief is hard to cop as they. <laughs> They slowly do these things that you're sort of thinking... It's just silly. Why, yeah, it's yeah, a little bit silly. Yeah. I love the fact that the filmmakers reach for the sky. You've got a $5 million budget. $5 million. Yeah, okay, well, we yeah. said that that's, that's a reasonable amount of money, yeah. but in today's money, that's nothing. Yeah. They throw everything and, in and there. And the movies get made for $5 million these days. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. And, and $5 million, you're basically you're barely paying for catering yeah. on, on the Avengers <laughs> or whatever, but... <laughs> yeah, let alone getting Robert Downey Jr. Well, that's, that's not even that's not even <laughs> catering budget. <laughs> These guys are in the twenty mil for the catering, probably. It's one of those movies that think about it. You got a black and white scene. Yeah. You got a full in that scene. You've got old cars and old all the old get up. So there's yeah. production value. Yeah. Uh, you've got fucking aliens. You've got corpses that reanimate themselves. <laughs> You've got, Spaceships. You've got all sorts of stuff, and they just ping it at the screen. Yeah. And I think that you've got to give the filmmakers some credit for, for trying to put so much into it. Yeah. I'll give them a bit of both. I'll be giving a bit of credit for putting so much into it. But then, you know, it's, it's the sort of thing that's, you know, that's to its detriment a little as well. Yeah. Because if it was probably just a little bit more refined and, and instead of so... Sh- Gattagun approach with, you know, let's put all these different aspects. Yeah. Because, I mean, you talk about all those aspects, but you go even further into the movie and you come into the whole sorority thing and the relationships and the two buddies and yeah. the girlfriend and the new boyfriend. Rah, 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 rah. And it almost becomes, you know, 
too much. Yeah. If they actually narrowed in and refined a bit, they can still keep the tongue in cheek. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. I think you sometimes you overdo it. Yeah. But I do give them a lot of credit for trying, especially when it was made too. You know, they've got to keep that in mind. It's 1986. You know, like you know, I can be a bit harsh with it, but in in the end of the day, it was 1986, and you think about the, about the filmmaking that was going on back then, and yeah. it was a, it was pretty well. Pretty risky movie to make, really, the way it was made. Well, I guess that's why it got a five million budget. Yeah. Maybe the script was just chock full, and they thought, yeah, this could be one of those movies that that takes off. Yeah. Because it's such an interesting. There's so many interesting ideas. We might get lucky. Yeah. Um, well, there was a lot of that horror sort of stuff going on around that time too, wasn't there? Yeah. Production values. Um, hit and miss. Yeah. I I thought I think in some parts they were actually really good. Probably more good than bad. Again, if you go. Time that the movie's made, it's 1986. Let's yeah. keep that in mind. It's, yeah, not, it's not 2015. It's certainly yeah, not. We today. don't have the quite the green screens and the CGI going on. <laughs> um, there were certainly some some very good uh, scenes in there in the way they were done. But there was some something about the the bugs, the, the the little slithery things. I just couldn't help it. Every time I saw one of those getting going along the ground. Is I could nearly see a piece of fishing line just pulling it through the grass <laughs> as it just moves in a straight line. They couldn't get rid of it. They couldn't just erase them out like they did today. And I reckon I also think the movie opens on a bit of a... Oh, oh you, you see... You're talking the midgets in yeah. the skin suits, aren't you? Hey, midgets in skin suits <laughs> with alien heads chasing after each other and talking this language that's all sort of... It's got subtitles, but they're all in oh, different... Oh, yeah, they do the subtitles in the alien language. And well, again... So you can't I'm, tell what's going again, on. Again, I, I, I'm hoping that's a B-movie quality, but I remember thinking to myself... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell am I watching? What have I started with again? Because <laughs> even, even watching it the other day... That scene always sort of gets me going, oh, it, what's this? Look, the know? whole movie's got a very, um, that bloody Tales from the Crypt sort of ish sort of feel about it. Yeah. I would compare it to yeah. in terms of other movies that I've seen. Yeah. But yeah, I think the production values for the most part yeah. are pretty good for a movie of this sort of um, level and the type of movie. I was going to say, I think you need to acknowledge that at this, you know, because it's. You go to crowing too much about the production values. Yeah. Don't go expecting <laughs> anything don't too get much. Too, don't get too ahead of yourself <laughs> thinking that it's going to be awesome because there are obvious problems and we'll get to those. There's heads exploding, stuff like that. There's great stuff to be had yeah. there. As we get to the dislikes, you'll start to see the, you know, where some of the seams start to, to pop up in this film. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes that I really like. And they have this real weird factor to them. I think mm. that's part of the reason why I'm kind of drawn to them. There's a scene early on where the dead body's on the ground and um, they've got one dead guy and, and the corpse has got up and walked away and in comes um, Tom Atkins and in comes the... He's a coroner? The coroner, yep. And he plonks a briefcase down, yeah. opens the briefcase... And there's nothing in the briefcase <laughs> except a sandwich. He then takes the sandwich out and he proceeds to eat it while he's looking at the body. And it's see, it's really weird, but it always gets a chuckle out of me. It's like it's one of these movies though, where the, it's almost like there's a there's a lot of little in jokes sort of thing yeah. written into the script or, or played out, you know. And uh, I don't know what the reference to some of them, but I think <laughs> if if you had a ch- uh, chat with Mr. Fred Decker, I think it'd be an interesting. If you can find him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wherever he is. <laughs> um, there's another scene 
where Tom Atkins is having a dream when we first meet him. Yeah. And he's sitting on a beach and he sees his, <laughs> his girlfriend yeah. um, who got hacked to pieces in the 50s, yeah. sees her come up out of the water. Then we cut to him as the young cop in yep. the 50s, but it's it's the fully, you know, adult Tom Atkins. Yeah. And he's holding a hand. <laughs> he's walking along. It's we, a dream sequence. He can hold whatever he wants. And he, we cut away. We cut back. He's holding a shotgun. But he's got a corsage on his shirt now. And I did love the way it was kind of, because it was a dream, things were getting mixed up. It, was there something about that, like you say, there, you know, it cuts over and there was a corsage. There was another scene where there's a zombie, first zombie comes up to the window in the sorority house and, and he's got a rose in his hand. And then when he cut over to the woman and cut back and... The rose is gone, right? Yeah. Maybe there's something there again. Like, you know, the roses, there's something. Plus, there's... he stops to smell a rose. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. He stops well, to smell a rose. Another one of these little in-jokey On something. the way into the sorority house, Cause it actually, could be. I remember watching that exact bit you're talking about where he smelled the rose and I was like, that's really random. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was nothing, no it reference was to it. Of, yeah, it was just sort of out of nowhere. But there was um, roses and flowers everywhere now. But there was a lot of roses and flowers mixed. It. Yeah, mm. it is, it's something I haven't thought deeply about until we've watched it now. No. <laughs> um, amazing what you discover when you have a chat. <laughs> and there's obviously my favourite scene is where we, we cut away after he's killed the corpse with the axe. Yeah. It's re, you know, regenerated and come up out of the ground. Yeah. He shoots the corpse and then we get cut back to Tom Atkins' apartment and he's yeah. there having a drink and you can hear this Throughout the soundtrack, yeah. Then the young fella comes knocking at his door, and he he runs over to his door, and it's all taped up. <laughs> and now thought, here I am going, thinking it's to keep the slugs out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's taping everything up to stop everyone coming. After we, the bloke, the, the young kid throws a big sort of monologue at him about how we got to do this, and you know we got to stop these. And so Top Atkins gets up, puts his jacket on, and, and then the camera sort of zooms in. <laughs> And he's had the oven on. <laughs> he's about to kill himself. And then he decides, right, that's it. I'm getting no, back in the game. He's going to go help Spanky. Yeah, he's going to help Spanky. <laughs> so those scenes for me, although kind of weird and not necessarily what I would have expected. No, no, yeah. They, they kind of give me a, a chuckle because I... I would not have expected them in this movie. No. And yet somehow they end up in it. Yep. Um, and, and credit for that. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. And, and it's more of that, like you say, throwing so much out. The, you know, there was so much of that sort of stuff, just little different bits and pieces that it was just, yeah. With that much shit getting thrown around, you would think that you got some of it right. Yeah, well, I think that's it. why this movie yeah. does. Some sticks. Some sticks, yeah. yeah. Some shit just flies past. Yeah. <laughs> and it probably does in this case. <laughs> now, some Sticks, slides down, <laughs> leaves a big dirty mark. <laughs> you got to scrape that shit up <laughs> later on. It's dry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's not pleasant, let's just say that. Um, and the last, like for me, jump in here mm. um, with your thoughts on it, is the scene where he gets the tape recorder from JC, his mate, who's already been in- infected. Yep. And he's zombified. Yep. And he's on the tape. And he's talking to him about how yeah. he loves him. And, and then he says, because JC, by the way, is, is in on, on crutches. Nobody mentions why, I don't think. No. But uh, JC, I, th- I, I get the... JC's character, he, he, he is one of the ones that where, where he appears in some of the scenes, the movie sort of takes on a slightly more serious tone. Yeah. You know, I, don't know, I don't know whether it's because he's supposed to be a bit crippled or, yeah. or whatever, but... 
Now, it doesn't get too serious, don't nah. get it wrong, but it does get a bit more serious tone. Some of the discussions with him and his mate, you know, they get well, a bit deeper. When he fires up at him after they do the prank and he comes yeah. back there, you're right, you're spot yeah. on. He has those moments of humour, yeah. but then, yeah, things do get a little bit more heavy when he's yeah. around. Yeah. But that scene where he listens to the tape and there's a zombified JC and he actually says something on the lines of, um, I walked yeah. by myself because yep. he's got the slug in his head, he didn't need the crutches. Yeah. I actually thought that was a really, really good scene. Really well written. Really kind of emotional for yep. a movie like this. Yep. And again, the tone shifts slightly from where we were. Yeah, it definitely shifts in a big way, especially in that particular scene. And and yeah, that scene actually does work pretty well. But I, I just find it clashes a little bit with the rest of the tone of the movie. And, yeah. and, and it's like that with, that with a couple of his scenes. Like They're actually really good scenes um, and, really, like you say, really well written. But Sometimes they don't tend to mesh in well with this whole tongues firmly in cheek one yeah. minute and then all of a sudden, hang on, we've got one character here who's going to get all the serious on us. Yeah, and we get that. I mean, you go from Tom Atkins questioning them in the police station, yeah. care to comment, <laughs> at, at the moment we're only a collegiate top foolery. <laughs> oh, foolery. <laughs> yeah, right. And then to this, it just yeah, it's, it's slightly jarring. Yeah. Um, I do think that scene is very good. Yeah. Jumping straight into the dislikes, you're throwing all that shit at the screen and, honestly, there are parts of it that just don't kind of stick <laughs> at all, somewhat. I think this, this movie's like, a, a, in my opinion, like a lot of cult movies. I think a lot of cult movies are um, what's good about them a lot of the time is actually what can be bad about them as well. Yeah. And, and I think there's a case in point with this, with this sort of movie. A lot of it, like, you can take so much and say it was really good aspect to it, but they just overdid it, so it sort of made it into a negative aspect yeah. as well. And it's hard not to be kind of disappointed in parts. And, and this is coming from someone who gave it three and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it could have been better. I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but I, I, I always feel, I certainly felt from watching it the other day that... I just remember it differently, and I kind of remember loving it more. Yeah, but there's a, that's and a I way feel a there's of a, those 80s movies, though, isn't it? There are bits that just, I, I see, I sort of slap my head and go, oh, uh, yeah, what's that? Yeah, uh, and agree. A lot of the issue is take Tom Atkins' character out of it, and what have you got left to the, that appeals to you as a... You know, he, he's the centre to a lot of the actual entertainment value. Yes. So he's, you take him out... Yeah, you're not you're not left with a lot. Yeah, the characters, I mean, you look, you're there with Lively, Marshall, Hitlow, <laughs> shit, big names going on, big things, building careers. Come on, you've got a perfect movie there. No, you're right, and and you can tell that those guys were not particularly seasoned actors. No. Tom Atkins is a seasoned performer. And, and that shows. Then. Yes. Show, and I think it grates a bit too that it makes how low quality their performances are actually stand out that much more because yeah. he, he goes in there and he doesn't even look like he's trying. Yeah. And, he, and, and he's just exuding this, you know, charisma. And... I think we'll, we'll, get, we'll touch on that a bit later because we're going to cover off on the cult of Tom Atkins. And he does have a charm. Um you're right about a little something. St- sticking with the acting side, there's a guy that early on we meet Cynthia, the the girl. Yeah. 
And she, she's with Brad or no, not Brad. Brad was the boyfriend. There's another guy. No, it wasn't Brad. It was um, I can't remember. Steve. Steve, yeah, Steve. And he just gives this awful. He's only in it for a minute, <laughs> and he's like, "You're cruising, man," and all this. That is shit. no. That's the dude that every jock that's been written into a movie since 1986 yeah. has been based on. Oh, man. for it sure. It doesn't get any more stereotypes. And, and again, that bloke. that's another part of the the putting in the. The little bits and pieces that are homages to these things. Yeah. But his delivery is just <laughs> god awful. God awful. Or is it absolutely Deli- fantastic? <laughs> <laughs> Deliberately god awful. Yeah, I'm not sure. And that's the joy of this movie, I exactly. think. Exactly. You can sit there all day and sit there, you can watch a scene over and over again and try and. No, they've done it intentionally, tongue in cheek. No, it's just absolute crap, and yeah. they had no idea what they're doing. You could argue about it all Absolutely. day. Absolutely. <laughs> Some of the dialogue. Tom Atkins kills. Oh, he yeah. kills everything. <laughs> he, his dialogue's superb. But there's just a few bits later on. Yeah. Uh, when they're getting on the bus to go to the formal or whatever. Yeah, not good. This guy <laughs> talking about. We're talking more jock talk. Yeah, and he's talking about, we're going to do it tonight or something like that. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah, What's that, going on there? Look, that just wasn't all needed at that stage. We'd well and truly established that they were dickhead yeah, jocks. We could have just left out yeah. all that out. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, I think that's time period too, 1986. Yeah. That was just the way. Yeah, what are we? This isn't There's Shakespeare. There's a lot of dudes. This isn't Shakespeare. What are we expecting in ways, times of no, dialogue no, here? It's not Shakespeare. Come on. And there's a lot. There was a lot of dudes getting thrown around. There were a lot of, was a lot a lot of dudes. dudes. There was a lot of dudes. That was '86 for you. Matt, the year of the dude. The year of the dude. Uh, the dude has never died, man. The dude's still around. <laughs> I still use it occasionally. So do I. Uh, I'm still living in the '80s, though. So I've said it around the house a few times. And my wife goes, "Did you call me, dude?" <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, no! <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Clean your ears out. Uh, I actually think, and I think you touched on this when we watched it. Those three midgets, in the, <laughs> no, three midgets, midgets in the skin suits, gone. Probably could have got rid of it. What are they even doing in there? Um, it could have been like the start of Predator. Yeah, you know where you just see the ship and then yep. something comes out of it. Something comes out, yeah. Um, or it could have been like any other one blob. Oh yeah, it just comes out. Crashes in the ground. Something comes out of the. Where'd that come from? Yeah, who gives We've a shit? We've already suspended <laughs> disbelief here, boys. So yeah. come on, let's. Who gives a shit? It's there. <laughs> Don't feel you need to explain um, how the freaking canister got on there. Because the version that we watched, um, and just sort of letting people know, there's actually two endings. Oh yep. The version that we watched has what's commonly known as the alternative ending, which is the slugs go off into the Tree. cemetery, yep. and then this the ship that you yep. see at the start comes along and starts searching the cemetery for them yep. with a spotlight. Yep. Stupid. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The other ending is basically the last two characters together, they kiss, and then the, the dog comes up. Yeah. And the dog's And she bends down in front of it and goes, hey, puppy, and it goes, whoosh, and fires a slug at her. Oh, well, that was the sequel, God damn it. Yeah. I could have had a sequel based on that uh, one scene. When you, when you made him make $500,000 <laughs> total maybe, at wait, the box office. Maybe once Fred's finished with the new Predator remake. Maybe. He makes his back way, way back onto the... To the Night of the Crest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think you uh, mentioned it, that Slither yeah. clearly takes its... 
I could see a lot of direct comparisons. I think. I think uh, who was Slither actually done by? I can't it was, think. Of, uh, the done by the fellow for who did Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn. Ah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, he also and, wrote Dawn of the Dead, I believe. The yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, he's been doing some good work. Yeah, lately, he has. He has. Quietly. I just. Um, I, I just. There are comparisons. Definitely. There's B movie written all over Slither as well. Yeah. Um, Definite comparisons. You could even. Um, yeah. You could actually spend, I reckon, if you went and watched uh, Slither, you could spend a whole other podcast doing a comparison of two movies. Yeah, and made picking a lot out the pieces. That yeah, you've got a lot of relationships well, there. You've got a chick that's already with a guy but yeah. wants to get with one of the other guys, yeah. and that's in. Yeah. And you've got so, your alien slugs. Yeah, it's all happening. That kind of stuff will yep. be there. I think the last negative for me, and again, <laughs> a 986, but the special effects are pretty. Pretty average, I think. Yeah, well... I mean, they're okay at times. <laughs> but the slugs look like turds. Yeah. I, I touched on it earlier. I have a problem with the slugs. <laughs> they just seem to drive along of their own... Yeah. No straight... Slugs. Wriggling. No, slugs. Uh, Bad the, slugs. Yeah, the slugs don't really work... Well, but then what else were they going to do? That's right. Yeah, it, was, it was 1986. We and keep again, going back to it. <laughs> again, Darren, is it like Tremors? Where they deliberately gave you that yeah. shitty monster yeah. because that was what you got back in the day. I don't know about that. I'm not convinced on that one, though, because, like you say, some of, the, some of the other production values in some of... Um, well, actually, the special effects they did at Recreate and some of the body that climbed up out of the bloody... Um, underneath the house and that yeah. sort of stuff wasn't too bad. So, yeah, I don't know. I think when All these questions that only Fred can answer. Yeah. Fred, where are I'll you? I'll put an email Come. to him. Where have you been? <laughs> what's, what's doing, Fred? Anything in the pipeline? I believe he might have been involved in Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, I read that myself too, actually. Uh, he probably a, wishes he wasn't. Yeah, I would go oh. out and say that that's a good chance. Okay. That's it. That's it for the likes and the dislikes. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. Look, uh, yeah, we could go. For, I'm sure through more likes and dislikes. Oh, but... I could. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I could give you the likes. Should we do it scene by scene? Scene by scene. <laughs> um, but let's get on to the cult of Tom Atkins. Yep. Tom Atkins, as we pointed out earlier on, was very much a, a horror guy, all yes. through the '80s, really. I don't know what his resume was like later on uh, and whether it, it sort of went into just sort of character work and things like that because he was an actor of some note. So we would have seen him in, you know, countless projects, whether they were horror or not. Yeah. Uh, it's just that the 80s, he, he had this period there where he was in Halloween 3, The Fog, mm-hmm. Maniac Cop, yep. Night of the Creeps. Yep. Obviously one of the... Escape from New Escape York from or New Escape York. from L.A., whichever yep. one that was. He wasn't in They Live, was he? Uh, Another John Carpenter. Couldn't confirm or deny. Let's just, you know, every movie made by John, John Carpenter. Carpenter sure he's, he'd be one of these people that's cropped up somewhere in the background. And I think the thing about Tom is he oozed charisma. Yeah. He's a charming sort of guy because, honestly... He's not a leading man type. No. I mean, he's not a good-looking guy or a buff sort of superhero type. No. He's just kind of an average-looking fella. Dirty Mustaka is his calling <laughs> card. Laid back. <laughs> uh, now that you say it, actually, it's hard to actually pinpoint what it is about his... <laughs> 
character, that, well, not his character, but that him as a as an actor that makes him so appealing. But he certainly has something that um, a certain charisma. I think shall that we the, say. I think that the charm and the charisma is what brings him. He certainly got the old, um, I'll say, the deadpan sort of comedy down to you know, the very straight face sort of. And he delivers that in spades in, in Night of the Creeps. Oh, does he what? Um, I don't know if you've seen Halloween 3 recently. Uh, no, I've made... Uh... You've done everything, you... <laughs> <laughs> you've done everything you possibly can to avoid it. <laughs> to, uh, avoid ever going back to see Halloween 3. Well, you'll be happy to know... I've, I've seen got... it once and I won't be going there again. You'll be happy to know I've got a Blu-ray box set of the entire series, <laughs> so, yeah. It could happen to come your way. So start ducking and weaving now. I think I might have to start ducking. I, I watched Halloween 3 not long ago. And again, he's a charming character in this. Even though his doctor character, Dr. Chalice, yes. is just a wanker. <laughs> he is. like He's an awful bloke. Hey, are you saying that him being in Halloween 3 was a redeeming feature? It was. 3? It was the redeeming feature of Halloween 3. Are you actually saying that Halloween 3 had a redeeming feature? It did. Oh, my Tom God. <laughs> Halloween 3 was absolute terse. And some gore. There was some gore in there. Masks, Masks, badges, Stonehenge, robots, druids, witches. What in the world is that movie about? Having insects and snakes. I'm going to get into that. We will get into that in a later time. Stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned, Valerie. If if that hasn't already just wet your appetite enough to go and grab it, as it is. But Maniac Cop (laughs) is another one Ah. that I recently saw. And again, it's got its problems. Seeing a lot of links between these, you know, there's, there's these Fred Deckers and there's Tom Atkinson's and John Carpenter's Bruce Campbell's. They're all yeah. sort of, you know, around that time they were all sort of, it was like their own little um, Ocean's Eleven or something going on in Hollywood at the time. Maybe. All popping up in each other's movies. Well, let's face it, some of these guys would work for food. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a job was a job. Yeah. Um, you know. Especially someone like Bruce Campbell back in that day, you know, he was oh, making, yeah. he was making shit yeah. for whatever he could get. Yeah, um, he still is. <laughs> Burn notice. Don't get me wrong. Love the man, but I he do. still is. I do love the man. He's making. Oh, look, he's got a steady paycheck though. Yeah. Burn notice. Oh right. Um, but yeah, it just seems like there was a bit of a uh, kind of like a fraternity of. Yeah. Of, of filmmakers who were in the same... And, and actors who were kind of connected. And, uh, seem to have been in this horror movie sort of... And Tom Atkins is obviously a fairly big part of all that. Yeah, well, he, he nearly seems to be sort of, you know, a key link between... We could do the... Six degrees, six of, Tom degrees of Tom Atkins. Kevin Bacon, you're out of there, buddy. Yeah. You're gone, You are gone. <laughs> Too busy nothing. flogging <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, look. Atkins, there's just something about him. And as I said before, he's not a leading man who no. you look at and go, geez, you can see why the chicks would like him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's kind of like average looking. Maybe it's the everyman quality. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he does tend to turn up as a cop yes. a lot in these movies, in any movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he's certainly got something about him playing a cop. Yes. Uh, Authority figures. Authority Maybe figures? He's good at that. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Now, what do we think, and I know we talked about this very briefly, we're going to just touch on it one more time before we finish up, mm. what do we think happened to Fred Decker? Uh, 
Because you tracked his timeline. It's, yeah, well, I did. I jumped online. I did some research. We had a look at the movies that Monster he was Squad? churning out. 80s Monster Squads. Night of the Creeps. He's doing some writing. He's, he's putting some good scripts out. The Ricochet then ended up starring uh, Denzel. Denzel Washington. One of his lesser films. Yeah. Not a bad movie, though. Actually. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, bad. Like, it wasn't actually terrible. I believe John Lithgow makes a dirty prostitute sleep with him. Gives him a sexually transmitted disease. Isn't oh. that in Ricochet? Wow. Um, didn't know that amount of detail. I remembered it as a half-decent I movie, but obviously your, your memory is a little bit more accurate Unless than Unless I've mine. got the wrong movie. Good bad. I might have the wrong movie. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. Um, but it's not one of Denzel's better, but still, but still somebody's I, buying that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and um, putting decent actors in it and throwing decent money in it. Like you touched on, what's the other one? Looks Could Kill. If Looks Could um, Kill. Richard Gregor. Richard Gregor. He was huge back in the day. Like massive, well, <laughs> A-list sort of stuff. Uh, you're yeah, he was A-list. That was, that was scarily his, enough. That he was, was A-list. Yes, was his entry into film. Yeah, was it? He's jumped it, from twenty-one. I think it was through. his entry and his exit <laughs> at the same time. Because <laughs> he went out the door pretty fast, did Richard? But he had that. It looks could kill. So he'd written it. It looks could kill. Ricochet. Um, he, had, I believe, he'd written the story for House, yep. a horror series. Yep. Yep. Then he had Monster Squad, yep. Night of the Creeps. Yep. So there's five films so going, in the eighties yep. to early nineties, uh, and then ninety three came along. Robocop three. <laughs> I think he was involved in the writing of that, and I think we pointed out before yep. he he's primarily a writer director. Yeah. Um, there's question marks on. What the quality of the script was initially. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was written with um, Frank Miller, the comic book guy. Oh, yeah. Well, didn't know um, that one. Yeah. and Good research. They, yeah. were, they, were, they were a mash-up. They must have mashed them together or they asked Decker yeah. to do a polish or whatever. And it just didn't work out. And Let's he came up with robotic ninjas and flying robocops. Shit, unless, unless Miller was responsible for that. You know what's happened, don't you? What's if happened? things are going good. Late 80s, early 90s, he's getting into a bit of the white stuff. <laughs> Things are going along nicely. You think he's he, coked he's to the eyeballs. <laughs> I, what I'll do next is I'll make a movie like those dudes did with Texas Chainsaw Massacre where we're all just out of our freaking minds. So you think he was coked up? That's all I can put it down He's to. just got no idea. He's been the last 20 years in rehab. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I, I, this is, I, I'm going on a different tangent. I think RoboCop 3 was not the sort of movie you give to him. No. Nah. It costs X amount of money. I think it was in the $20 million Yeah, bracket. it was starting to get in a decently budget. Fred Decker strikes me. If you look at Monster Squad and you look at Night of the Creeps, yeah. he's a guy, you give him limited money, yeah. and he makes something out of it. Yep. Okay. You don't give him Robocop. No. Because Robocop's run by the studio. Mm. And when the studio wants, they want certain things. And Decker is just a hired hand to yeah. do those certain things. Yeah, if he doesn't, it. he gets flicked. Yeah. Now, Fred Decker's in his 20s yeah. or early 30s when he makes this movie. So, honestly, what the, what the fuck's he going to do? Yeah. He's not going to say, now, hang on. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> no ninjas. <laughs> no, Robocop doesn't fly. No. Surely, with his back catalogue, he would have had enough ammo to do exactly that. Draw I, a line in the sand. Like, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, nah, and I'm joking. And, yeah. I, and I think that that's probably part of the problem is, um, where, question is, where did Fred Decker go? 
answer is, well, Fred Decker never really arrived. Yeah. Until later on down the track when his movies started to get this more cult sort of status. Like, they weren't that well received when they originally no. came out. They, no. And, in they fact, they're probably better received base. now exactly. than they were then. Yeah. And you're right. He never really did arrive because his... He hadn't made anything to get the studio's attention. Hollywood is governed by money, yeah. right, and, and, and by box office. Yeah. And Decker had no box office. I mean, there was no money in any of those no movies, problem. as no. good as they were, because I'm a, I'm a massive supporter. And I think it's sad that a guy with talent yeah. like that, who did have connections with people who were taking off. I mean, Shane Black, he used to live with him. Yeah. And that they're obviously still friends because they wouldn't be working on Predator together. I was going to say, they're now reckon, working on a remake. So, to me, I'm just disappointed for him because I think there was, a, there was heaps of talent there. I believe um, Mr. Black actually is a little bit of trivia for you. actually made a cameo in uh, Night of the Creeps as one of the cops in the cop station. Really? Yeah, there you Shit. go. Uncredited. Better rewind that and have a bit yeah, of a look. There you go. Because I haven't seen that. Yeah, he's there. Um, I just think it's sad because he's a guy I think who had a fair bit of talent and yep. could have gone on to be some somebody who could really have done some good things. Well, he's, he's the sort of bloke that could have, to touch on your James Gunn's, is yeah. who I see he... he Making these sort of movies back then could be the bloke who's making those sorts of movies that James Gunn's making now. It could have grown into that sort of director. Exactly. But maybe he still could be. He could. He could. I mean, his career is certainly not over. No. So. <laughs> well. Let's say he's on high ages. I don't want to retire the guy just yet. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I don't. I, he could have been one of those those figures. Yeah. But just, I think it's sad because one studio film destroyed his, basically destroyed his career. Certainly seems that way, man. But you know, haven't said all that too. From what I've read up, it doesn't sound like uh, Mr. Decker's an unhappy individual. He sounds like he's pretty happy with uh, the cult status that he has gained from the movies that he has made. Yeah. And um, from what I can hear and see and read um, that he's quite happy touring around and attending a lot of conventions, cult movie yeah. showings and conventions and, and living off what he's done previously. But yeah. and, the, and the Night of the Creeps... He comes back again. Yeah, yeah. well, I've, I've, I don't like to um, say that I've, I'm interested in a Predator sequel, but... Come the, 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 Yeah, it's 30 years later. Yeah. But I just think it would be nice if he got a shot and this turned out really well. Yeah. And it gave him a, a resurgence. Yeah. Because I think he, in a way, he deserves it. Yeah. I think that Robocop 3, he shouldn't have to live with the stink of Robocop 3. <laughs> it seems that he's the scapegoat for Robocop 3. Yeah, it seems. It's, it, it is very strange because it's, it's hard to find a lot of information. You know, there's nothing really that I can find any real hard evidence that directly pinpoints and says, nah, that's what killed his career. It seems to be that that's a conclusion we've all come to because yeah. that's the last movie he made and he's never been heard from since mm. but yeah don't know maybe there's a little bit more to the story than we know who knows if only fred if you're out there <laughs> you happen to have stumbled across this shit somewhere along the way <laughs> drop us a line mate i'd like to know what was going on we'll point you in the right direction yeah i think we've covered it yep you think that's everything there was? Yeah, look, I think that's a pretty good uh, good coverage of uh, of our little experience with Night of the Creeps. And uh... one more bit of trivia: I believe you wrote the script in a week. Ooh, it's yeah. just yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's positive, hard. negative. That's I'm not hard. sure where that should go. That's <laughs> hard. But 
We'll take one last break. Yep. And we'll come back and I'll talk about what we're going to cover next time. Sounds good. The creeps are taking over. Well, I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the creeps. If you scream, you're dead. Very solid uh, discussion, Darren. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plenty of uh, entertainment value there, I feel. I think so. <laughs> I'd like to thank you very much for your involvement, mate. My pleasure, Being a mate. guest, and you're certainly welcome to come back any time. Would love to come back at some um, stage, mate. Been very enjoyable. We'll, we'll, we'll try and find something real shit house to, to dig you into. Oh, you know, mate, uh, I've got a young kid these days, so any time you can book me in is a good excuse for me to actually get to two hours to watch a movie. So. Okay. Beauty, mate, well, we'll definitely have you back. Next episode, hopefully my uh, fearless co-host will return. And we will be covering what I believe is Arnold Schwarzenegger's best film, <gasps> 1987's Predator. Oh, agree. Yes, very, Get very to good the job. chopper. Get to the chopper. That sounds a bit sort of Arnie via Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, looking forward to that. Thanks for listening out there. Uh, and we will hope to uh, catch up with you soon. Cheers, guys. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.